Well, it's quite different, isn't it? it will be, this is the test time of what it's like to try and hear a live sound coming through and also coming through in the live stream. Hello, if you're watching us over the interwebs, um, you can see I've got my iPad here. I'm actually mixing the sound as I'm out the front at the same time. Talk about multitasking, hey? Um, but that won't happen all the time. It's just as we're testing things for the first time. So we don't mind if you would like to give any comments, positively, of course, um, into the comment section. If you are needing, um, if it's not loud enough or something like that, that way um, the team of people who are doing the audio and the video day can do that. But also, why don't you give them a little bit of encouragement? There's been a huge transition that's happened in the last week for us to be able to be here today. And I can must say it's so good to see all of you here in the auditorium today. Um, some of you I haven't seen for a very long time, so it's great to have you here. Is it good to be here? Yeah, I don't know whether you picked that up on the, on the screen as well. This is, um, we invited the music team um, and their families who have been um, going through the last six months of being upstairs to become and be part of this test for us today because we're really looking forward to being back with you all next week. And so there'll be more information about that coming out. Luke will talk about it shortly and also on um, Facebook and in our newsletter in the week to come. Let's pray before we start um, reading from God's Word. Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful for your goodness to us. I'm thankful that in all seasons you are reliable. I'm thankful, Lord, that when we feel out of control, we can come to the one who always is. And Lord, I thank you that you love this church you love um, each one of us individually and you are calling us into a deeper relationship with you as we walk and run with perseverance, the race which you have marked out for us. So equip us and strengthen us this morning, we pray, Lord. Amen. Well, now that we're live, guys, I'm more than happy to be able to hear a little bit of feedback when we're going through, okay? So normally you might have me sitting down there and saying, that's good, it's your turn. Um, of yeah, course, if that's it's... Right. That's right. That's what we want to hear. Um, and uh, so also on the internet, if there's different things which you're encouraged with, share that with someone in your family if you're watching it with someone on the feed or in um, everything, uh, maybe just again in the comment section of what God is teaching you. I went uh, in September on what's known as a pastoral retreat. Um, it sounds like a, a cushy, um, cosy resort sort of thing, but it was actually a group of pastors from around the Hunter region and a couple of people interstate as well who Zoomed in during that time um, to be a part of a process of, of uh, renewal, of coming back to what we do and why we do it. And, and also to refresh ourselves. And at that time in September, it was so important for me to be doing that. Um, I think there's a photo, Sandra, um, up on the screen you might be able to, to see. Um, that was the view from where I was. Um, and if any of you um, know that place, you can recognise that as Boat Harbour. Um, and so we were staying in a, a building there um, with uh, eight other pastors 
and um, we were spending time just uh, nurturing one another and being drawn towards God's Word. Um, But if you have a look on that screen, I think I've got another photo there a little bit closer, um, Sandra. There is um, something in the distance that you can see, and I'm starting to zoom forward, zoom forward, zoom forward, and you can see in the far right of the screen this little sort of pyramid-y kind of thing. And uh, that pyramid-y kind of thing took my interest, and so I wanted to go and find out what that was. So Blatch actually did a bit of exercise and went for a bit of a walk around. And who, who actually knows what that is already before I even start talking about it? Anyone here? My family is aware of it, and a couple of others, Zane knows what it is. Well, there you go. There's an opportunity for you to all go and find what this is now. Go for a bit of a walk at Boat Harbour. But go to the close-up shot now, Um, Sandra. You'll see that it is a whole collection of stones which have been put together um, as what's known as a can. Now, every time I thought of can, I always thought of something that I would eat out of, something which, yeah, we won't go to the other analogy of what the can could be. Um, and of course, Cairns is a, is a town, but I'd never heard of a Cairn being a representation of a group of rocks gathered together to be able to remember something. But for any of us which have been around Scripture, we might be aware of this idea of stone pillars um, being used as a place to remember, a place of significance, a place of recognising what God has done. And so I was intrigued with um, that photo um, that you saw up there, and I was intrigued to see that um, someone had placed it there, and the background is that there was a pastor in Nelson Bay who had started this can, and his name was Stephen Rogers. I think there's a close-up of the plaque, which is there, Sandra. Um, And Stephen Rogers um, was devastated by the death of two young um, men who um, had died just off Boat Harbour, um, they drowned. And he was a part of pastoring the family and, and pastoring that couple, um, those two guys, and so he was obviously devastated as part of that. But in his pain and in his own personal grief, he made a decision that he would go on a prayer walk every day. And he would go around and he would take a rock and he would place it there and it became known as, um, as a place, um, it was called the, the Stones of Ebenezer. Now, anyone that's um, read in Samuel, we know that that's a reference to another place in the Bible where Samuel had placed a stone pillar and called it Ebenezer um, upon the Israelites repenting from their sin um, and had walked away from God and they had burnt all of their idols which they had been worshipping. Um, they had had... They were saying, God, we, we need you. And Samuel had said, do you really mean it? And they were like, yes, we do. And so he set up this um, stone pillar of Ebenezer to remember that. Um, and that is um, representing that my help comes from God um, as part of that stone pillar. There are other places in the Bible which mentions stone pillars. Uh, Genesis 28, um, we hear about Jacob's dream of, of a, a ladder joining heaven 
and earth. And it says that he'd been sleeping on, on a rock. And at the end of that, he went, this, this is important. I need to remember this. God was speaking to him prophetically. He set up a stone pillar there. There's another place in Exodus 24, just before uh, Moses went up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. And God had told him what he was going to be doing. So he set up these stone pillars in recognition that God had something in store for the Israelites. And to remember, this is significant, um, just before he went up. Um, in Joshua 4, um, and I'll, I'll read it out, we, it says that, um, starting at verse um, 21, um, at Gilgal, he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know, Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, when he dried it up for us until we passed over, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever." And those words really resound with me when I think about what we're going to be speaking today on what it might mean for us being representatives as living stones, which we read about in 1 Peter. And this idea that we ourselves gathered together our living stones, representation of God being mighty and that we might fear the Lord our God forever and be placing him firmly um, as first in our lives. Why don't we have a look at that passage in First um, Peter together. I'm going to be reading uh, from the ESV version and reading from verses 1 to 12. One Peter, chapter 2, and reading from verses 1 to 12. So put away all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you might grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honour is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of defence. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. 
Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honourable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they might see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. This is God's word. So, being drawn to 1 Peter from all of the, the stones and hearing about the stone pillars from the Old Testament and hearing the testimony of Stephen Rogers, a pastor, coming before God and saying, God, I need you. I come to you for help. And I remember what has happened here and I pray for the family of just coming every day in prayer and placing a stone every day in prayer and seeing that growing bigger. His prayers were regular. It wasn't just him that put stones on this pile. Could you imagine if Stephen Rogers had done that? That'd be quite a few years. Um, We've actually seen many people now come and bring a stone to that place and to to be saying prayer to their Lord. Well, Peter is writing here to the Christians of how to be living stones in as an example to the community around. So if we as Christians gathered at Raymond Terrace Community Church wish to be identified as a pillar of stone or as, a st- as living stones, a people taking notice of, or an analogy that we've often heard in the New Testament, being salt and light in the community, what does that look like? Well, verses 1 and 2 talks about, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk by which you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Have you tasted that the Lord is good? I'll say it again. Have you tasted that the Lord is good? I have. And if you've had that taste, I don't know, like, you guys might take this by surprise, but I like salt and vinegar chips. If I have one salt and vinegar chip, the whole packet's gone. It's, it's, just, it's just what happens. You have one and you can't stop. It's, it's, you, you want more. It's tasty. And we see and say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Are you pursuing that? Are you wanting it more? But it's bigger than that, isn't it? It says, like um, newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk. It's actually not just tasty and, and good. It's necessary for good growth. It's necessary for the health of that which is drinking that, that milk. And that's the same for the Christian. So before we even want to know what it means to be living stones, it starts with a heart and a passion to be pursuing that which we have tasted and seen is good. So if we tasted and seen that God is good, are we going to then leave that and move over here and to taste something which, which tastes good to start with but leaves a really nasty aftertaste? So often we do, don't we? But that's not what God is calling us to. As living stones, as salt and light, as representation for people to remember that God is good, it starts with us pursuing 
God. Verses 3 to 8 talks about not only are we pursuing God, but we're actually coming under a representation of what a living stone is really like. And that is Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. Without that cornerstone, everything falls down. There's no point of bringing all these little living stones together and just hoping it stays together. This cornerstone is what keeps everything together for its right purpose. Jesus Christ, the standing pillar of which we remember and follow after. He's the cornerstone. God laid that pillar in Bethlehem for us to see the Messiah has come. God laid that pillar to be a representation for us to be remembering every week, just as we have taken communion, that God was going to rescue us from sin and shame on that rugged cross. And we sing hallelujah because he has rescued us. Sweeping through really quickly, verses 9 to 12. It's actually calling us to be different in the world. We are seen to be living stones gathered together. And when you've got a lot of living stones gathered together, like me seeing in the distance and going, what's that? It starts standing out. We were having a conversation in our uh, core group earlier this week, and and one of the guys in our core group um, was talking about um, how people are treating him differently. It's because he's different. And so he should be. He loves Jesus in a world which is dark and absent away from God. So, of course, he's going to stick out. That's a good thing. He's not doing it with arrogance and going, hey, everyone, look at me. He's just living his life and pursuing pure spiritual milk and growing up in God. And people are starting to notice that. So imagine if that's happening individually when we come together together and we're considering starting to regather as Raymond Terrace Community Church. We should be noticeable. I didn't say we should be noticeable because we have sorted out all of our sound and our lighting and we've got an amazing building and all of these great things. Living Stones is about people. We should stand out. We should be seen as being different. We should be seen as loving one another, as a representation of how God loves us. We should be generous. We should be kind. We should be activated to go and share this good news and say, hey, have you tasted this? It's so good. Living stones. We are different to the rest of this world. If you had a look at the beginning of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. I have no idea whether I said those words right. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied 
to you all. Now, other versions of the Bible, um, whether it's NIV or um, a New Living Translation or um, I think it might even be the King James, it doesn't use the word elect exiles, it says aliens. It's different. You don't belong here. You belong to another world. So you should stand out and be different. But it should be attractive. The people who are interested want to know more. Go, tell me more about where you come from. What's going on with that? Well, verses 9 and 12 start to help us in knowing how do we do that. Well, if we go and have a look at that in verses, verse 9, it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. We don't just look pretty. We actually declare the excellencies of our God. That's one way of being spiritual living stones. We declare the goodness of God. Know that we are, so we are seen to be different. We are chosen by God. We are his children, a royal priesthood. We are in his kingdom, a holy nation. We are his possession. We are called out of darkness and into light. We were once outsiders, but now we belong to God. We were once without mercy, set for eternal judgment, but now we've received mercy through Jesus' complete work on the cross to take away our sins. So we are aliens in this place. We stand out like a sore thumb, or we should. Or more significantly, we stand out like a big oak tree full of health and fruit. We don't belong to this land. We belong to God, to his kingdom, to heaven, with an eternal mindset that this land is our home and we can't wait to be home. And we want to tell everyone else how good that place is, that they can be part of that. We long and thirst to grow up with the spiritual milk that God has given us. We'll talk about real food and meat another time. And then it says, therefore, abstain from what makes us worldly rather than holy. At the, towards the end of that section, we heard that, I think it was from Ben um, a couple of weeks ago, um, our guest speaker from America. And I love the idea that he says to slay sin. Don't just play with it. Deal with it. Don't muck around. We're seen to be abstaining from what makes us worldly rather than holy. It's an active fight that we are doing personally. So, it gets pretty harsh. If you've been watching more Netflix than you've been reading the Bible, are you slaying sin? Are you equipping yourself? Are you spending more time with your mates at work down at the coffee shop or at the pub afterwards, then you are spending time with your God. 
Is something out of whack there? He's not calling you to stop doing those things. He's just telling you to be salt and light and taste. See, God is good. Don't be distracted and be pulled away from God. Bring God to your conversations and part of your life with others. We are living stones. So, looking at that pile as, as a pastor, pretty, pretty burnt out, to be honest, in September, and having a break which was so necessary, I'm just so thankful that God gave me those pillar of stones to be reminded about what the church, what my relationship with God is all about. I was encouraged. When you see a pile of rocks, it wasn't just one rock, it was a pile. We're not alone. I want you to know that. As the body of Christ, you're not alone. There are other people who are praying for you. There are other people who are walking beside you and the church exists to encourage you to be continuing to pursue the person of whom you love, Jesus. And to be nurturing you through good times and the rough times. When you are there and you're placed by that cornerstone, you're not moved because Jesus won't be moved. Jesus is consistent. He's the cornerstone. You can rely on him. So, Raymond Terrace Community Church as living stones is an example of not any individual rock, but all the rocks put together. That's what the local gathered church is. It's not about an individual or a pastor. It's not about the pastoral team. It's about the body that plays a part all together in unity to be an example and a light in the community. It weathers storms. It stands its ground. It's visible, noticeable. It sticks out. Stones scattered everywhere is fine. But we've been talking about regathering together as, as, a, as a group of people together again. And stones collected together are observable. The church body is to be a body of living stones, which collected together brings attention that there is one way, heaven. Peter didn't talk about beautiful buildings, camera angles, a comfort. Most of the time was talking about sacrifice and a desire to go home, that God is in control. And so to pursue him and love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength. I want to invite Luke and the team to be coming up again as I finish off. When I was at that stone can in Boat Harbour, I placed a rock there myself to pray. My prayer at that time was that I might be other, amongst other living stones that collectively make a difference in recognition that our God is greater here in Raymond Terrace, Port Stephens and beyond. And to all of our missionary people who are watching this as part of our church family, know that you are part of our family as living stones where you are serving. You're not alone. You are part of what God is doing. For all of those who have joined our stream recently and for those which are coming and planning on coming back 
to be in this room in a few weeks' time. You're not alone. We are there beside you and for you because our God is greater. But also, I, as I placed my stone, my prayer was that I would be a part of bringing more stones, other people to this place of remembrance that sticks out as an example of them finding their own hope in Jesus Christ. So added to my stone might be another stone and then another stone and then another stone and then they start telling other people and they start bringing stones. And then we might see a multiplication of people becoming disciples of Jesus. That's our heart. That's the reason why this exists, to see Jesus lifted high and people's lives transformed. I want to see that here in Raymond Terrace Community Church. My prayer is we would see that in all the local churches here in Raymond Terrace and beyond who love Jesus and are placing him first in their lives. It's the coming together of Christians who are called to the ministry of being obedient to Jesus and sharing their faith. Will you, on the week before we regather, commit yourself to being a living stone? Faithful to be light in the darkness? A visible spiritual house offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, of which he is the cornerstone? Whether it is here in a church building, whether it is in your workplace, whether it be when you're feeling well and when you're feeling terrible. You're a living stone. People notice you because you have the Holy Spirit living in you and God is using you. Trust him. Shine brightly. Declare that our God is greater in all of our circumstances. Tell everyone how good God is. Amen.